My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was setting out on the journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to them, Teacher, all of these things I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You're lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. The Gospel of the Lord. So this has been a rough week for me. First, the Yankees choked to those nasty, nasty Red Sox from Boston. And I'm not a huge NFL guy, but the Giants losing to Philly Thursday night certainly didn't help improve things. But even worse was that I lost the Mega Millions Lotto four times, where the jackpot ranged from $370 million to $550 million on Friday night. And I lost the last three Powerball Lottos, which weren't as big as the Mega Millions, but were still pretty impressive last night with, I think it was $350 million. Now, I've been very clear in my discussions with the Lord about what I would do with these winnings. In the Bible, we're called to tithe, meaning to contribute 10% of our earnings to the Lord. Well, I've told the Lord that I would only keep 10% of my winnings. So of 550 million, I would only keep 55 million, which is pretty sacrificial, right? And the rest, though, I would donate for all sorts of good causes. There are charities that are near and dear to my heart from pediatric cancer research and helping kids and their families through their worst nightmares is my own family's experience. 
to different outreaches to the homeless and to the poor. I take care of my, my family and my friends. But one of the biggest dreams or thoughts that I would do with that jackpot is to build a new Newman Center at Montclair State where I work. Oh, I'm like, I could do a lot with Mega Millions cash there. We have these 200 plus year old houses and build a whole new state-of-the-art facility, make it handicap accessible, maybe put an indoor pool in there, all kinds of things. Maybe purchase some vans and buses for our bigger events and hire even more staff and all kinds of different dreams I have for that winning. With the 10% that's left over to myself, I'd get probably a place down the shore and maybe a helicopter too, because I hate driving on the parkway. But anyway, as I realize I haven't won, I keep thinking, why God do you mock me? Why do you despise my pleas? And that part's a joke. I'm not blaming God, and I don't ever pray to win, although I do remind him that what I would do if I won, just in case he needed the reminder. As I was throwing out my losing tickets again the other night, angrily that I didn't win, get even one freaking number, and I picked up the scriptures, and I was like, oh, great, dang it, it was a rough week, and now I'm going to get a smackdown from Jesus. Because with this story about the, the rich young man, what's at the core of this encounter? You have a guy who's sincerely trying. More than trying, he's succeeding at following God's law. As he goes through the various commandments that God has given, it's like, haven't murdered anyone, check. Haven't stolen anything, check. Haven't adultered, check. And even more, this guy is already rich and wealthy. So more than likely, he's already tithing and giving his share. He's doing all the right things. Despite all that, and despite his mistaken belief that God has already rewarded his goodness by making him wealthy, which is something many in the Old Testament thought, none of that was enough. There's something within himself that feels something's missing. And he sees Jesus, this good teacher as he calls him, and that causes him to ask Jesus, Jesus, what's missing? What must I do to inherit eternal life? It's not that what he was doing was bad as is. Following the commandments that God has set out for us is, is essential. But that faithfulness opened a desire within the guy to experience the freedom of eternal life right now. The assurance of it, the security of it, the confidence that comes from it. He desires that. He desires God. The intimacy, the fullness of life that comes from that intimate union and that ultimate union with Jesus. Following all of God's commands and being a good man, it's not enough for him. And that's what stirred this, this restlessness within himself that causes him to question Jesus. He's being called into discipleship. And that's why he's going to Jesus. That's why he's asking, what more do I need to do? But more than likely, he probably already imagined what that more might be. Maybe make that tithe 15% instead of 10. Maybe not just honor your mother and father, but all right, I gotta honor their friends too. He didn't see it coming. Jesus saying, give it all up. 
Give all you have right now. Give out what you see as a good thing. What you see as your blessing, your wealth. Give it up and follow me. And with that, the rich man walks away, sadly, because he's got so many possessions. He sees Jesus as a good teacher, but he's not ready to trust him that much. Which gets back to me being smacked down. I know I can find myself in a similar position. Jesus, let me win this Powerball, this Mega Million, so I can do all these good things for you, which would also probably make my life a little bit easier as well, and not just the helicopter and the surehouse thing. But all those, those dreams, all those plans I had for the ministry, the new Newman Center, and all the buses and vans and staff and things, all the ideas that I had that a jackpot would make so much better so much more effective than they are right now. But the thing is, when I allow my brain to go down into these fantasy rabbit holes, I don't recognize that I'm already denying how good the Lord has been and is to me. All the blessings I'm already enjoying, all the ways He's working it in my life and and tugging on the hearts of so many other people to glorify Him in these different ministries, these different encounters, these different situations that I think I have a better plan for. This gospel isn't telling everyone to go home, empty your bank accounts, and give everything to the poor, and add that as another check mark to the list after the commandments to show that we're all good. It's asking how much do we trust Jesus ourselves? How much do we trust him? Being here this Sunday morning at Mass, it's a great first step for every one of us that we've made that choice, that decision to honor the commandment, to keep holy the Sabbath, to worship God the Father, and to express our love for Him. That's a great thing. And I'd venture to guess that the rest of the commandments we're striving to follow and to observe them. And if we failed, we go to confession, we get back into the good graces, and we get onto maximum good front on that. All that's great. All that's essential and it's a foundational step. But what this gospel is telling us who aren't millionaires or billionaires or Powerball, Mega Millions winners isn't to look at those people as getting taken to task by Jesus in today's gospel. That's way too convenient for us to think that this gospel is just directed at Jeff Bezos or or Bill Gates or someone we think is wealthy, that we can excuse ourselves and think that they're being taken down a notch. But rather, Jesus wants us to ask, what is it that's holding us back from trusting him even more? What's holding us back from following him even more closely? What's blinding us from seeing where we're already blessed? And where is he already working in and around us? How are we falling into that false belief that we keep telling ourselves that if I get that promotion, if I get that raise, if I get that recognition, if I get that miracle, that then I'll believe God's blessing me. Then I I know God's rewarding me. Then I can be sure God loves me. Then I'll be happy. Jesus is putting it very simply. When we let go of our possessive clenching of our riches and possessions, 
when we let go of all those ideas and all those notions that we made for ourselves as validations of God's love for us and just grab hold of Him, to trust Him, to follow Him, it's then that we've gained the ultimate and true treasure of eternal life right here and now. At this time, I'd like to invite Marina Perna from the Neocatechumenal Way who's going to speak to us about the catechesis.